interesting message today that the Lord gave me for you. It's so wonderful when you read the Bible and the Holy Spirit begins to show you things that really are life-changing. And today I pray this message will truly bless your life and change your life. And thank you for being with me. Can we pray? Wonderful Lord, thank you for what you're about to show us. To you belongs the glory, honor, and praise. And God's people said, Amen. I want to talk to you about the cross. The cross, the center of our life, is the cross of Jesus. And why did Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 these words? In verse 2 he said, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why did he say that? Why would he say such amazing words? Because, frankly, this would be an unusual statement made by anyone. But when it comes to the Jewish people, it really is astonishing that any Jew would say that. And Paul the Apostle, being a Jewish man, for him to say that was quite astonishing, and here's why. Because the Jewish people for centuries have prized knowledge above everything else in life. A Jewish person sees knowledge as the greatest thing in life, is to have knowledge. So now you think about what Paul said. For I determined not to know anything. I don't want to know anything but one thing. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul the apostle was a highly educated man. Not only that, uh, He was very scholarly. He was very deep in his knowledge of the scriptures, even of philosophy, and much more. But let's understand something here that I think is so important. Why would a highly educated person like Paul say such an amazing statement? So let's let's just read together. 1 Corinthians 2, let's begin with verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. So I did not come to you with philosophy and wisdom, worldly wisdom. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness. And in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That is one of the most amazing statements made by Paul the Apostle And we know from Acts 17 that Paul was well acquainted with philosophy because when he went to Athens, 
And he began talking to these philosophers. If you read Acts 17, he went to Mars Hill, the Acropolis, and he began to talk to these wise people, worldly wise people. And now he starts to repeat to them what a Greek poet had said, which means Paul the Apostle knew philosophy. So in Athens, Paul is speaking to these philosophers, and not many of these philosophers accepted the message of the cross because they were looking at worldly wisdom. He went from there to Corinth. And when when he went to Corinth, and maybe people don't realize Corinth was a very large city, it was a port city, and had a very large population. And he made the decision when he came to Corinth. He said, here's my decision. I determined, I determined, because he was in Athens and saw what happened with those who knew philosophy and they didn't accept the message of the cross. So he came to a decision. He said, now I've determined not to know anything. I don't want to know philosophy. I don't want to talk about philosophy. I want to talk about one thing, Jesus Christ and him crucified. The remarkable thing that people don't know is after Paul came to Corinth, 25,000 people came into the kingdom. Think about in Athens, very few. Just a, a, a small group of people whose hearts got touched came to Paul, wanted to know more. Yet in Corinth, he sees a multitude of people, 25,000 people in a city of about 100,000 at that time. Think about that 25,000 people came into the kingdom because of the message of the cross, nothing else. What did Billy Graham preach? The cross. And we all know what God did through him. How about Catherine Kuhlman? The cross. How about the the greats of old? What did they preach? The crucified life, the cross. As a result, God honored them, and they saw multitudes saved. Anyone who does not preach the cross will not see results. Thank God for Franklin Graham. I love that man. I honor that man. I had uh, an amazing time with him years ago. And he gave me a piece of advice I'll never forget. He said, Benny, if you focus on souls, God will focus on you. If you preach the gospel and clearly explain the plan of salvation, God will bless and honor you. And in all of our crusades from there on, and even before that, but then I really focused on the real miracle is salvation. People coming to the cross. And I would start every service with one, with, an, with just one thing, focusing on, after we would open with praise and worship, I'd focus on salvation. Thousands came to the, to the Lord in those meetings, and they still do. But I'm thankful that God used Franklin Graham to talk to me like that. And and he made a statement to me that was quite amazing. He said, 
those that do not focus on the, on the cross fall away. They don't last. If they focus on healings or miracles or other things, they really don't last. God cannot bless that. Not for long anyways. But if you focus on the cross, God will focus on you. I was talking to a very well-known preacher <clears throat> yesterday, and he mentioned to me, he said, you're still there, Benny. And I thought to myself, thank God for his grace. But where would we be without the message of the cross? Not one of us would even be here. And that's why I think today you see so much uh, confusion out there and churches losing their people and people walking away from the faith. Because today it's a message of hope out there. It's like how to do this and how to do that. It's not about the cause. And Paul says, I have determined not to know anything save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So the results were amazing when he made that decision. The whole city was stirred up. The message of the cross brought thousands into the kingdom. And I want to show you something else that I think is quite amazing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 17, I pray the Lord is going to use this to really stir your heart. Maybe there's a pastor listening to me. You need to get back to preach the cross, my dear brother and my dear sister. Okay, verse 17, for Christ sent me not, I'm reading 1 Corinthians 1, 17, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. A lot of times, you know, people are impressed with someone that has a gift, very, you know, charismatic, you know, knows how to preach, knows how to teach. But if they're not teaching the cross, there's no results. It, for he says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish for foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Wow. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God. Jesus, the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. So, we're not speaking about something symbolic, you know. You, you should say, well, so what is, what's the cross all about? Like, what does it mean when, when people say preach the cross? <clears throat> well, we're not talking about a symbol <clears throat> or some ancient means of execution. The cross refers to the sacrificial death 
of our precious Lord Jesus on the cross. And all that his death accomplished for you and me. So when you talk about the cross, when people talk about the, the cross, we're talking about the sacrificial death of the Son of God. And what his death accomplished for us. The cross then represents one perfect, all-sufficient sacrifice. One man was walking by a store, and he had a friend with him, and they saw a lot of things in the store. And um, way in the back of all the clutter and all the stuff, they saw a cross on the wall. And one man said to another, that's like some churches. They talk about how to this and how to this and how to this and how to do this and how to do this and how to do this. But the cross is way back there. You, you can hardly see it. You have to look for it. Without the cross, the how-to stuff doesn't work. How to get your healing, how to prosper, how to be free from devils, how to this and how to do that will not work without the message of the cross. When Billy Graham was in England, they accused him by saying, well, the crowds come because of the music. So he decided to go to the, uh, his, his people who were with him and said, let's not have any singing. Let's not have any choir specials. Because the news media was, was attacking him to say, well, the, 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 the crowds aren't coming to hear the preaching, the crowds are coming because of the music. And he went on for days and days and days without allowing any singing, any music, any choir specials. Yet the crowds kept coming. And thousands kept getting saved. And Billy Graham said to his staff, he said, the word of God will do it because there's power in the message of the cross. Wow, I love that. There is power in the message of the cross. When you preach the cross, you don't need the how-to, how-to, how-to. Let's get the crowd by, you know, preaching and doing things that they're looking for. No, no, no. It's the message of Calvary. And look what happened with Paul. He talks to philosophers and only a few people say, you know, I want to know more. And he said, no, I'm going to preach only one thing when I go to Corinth, the cross. And 25,000 people coming to the kingdom. That's proven historically, by the way. I'm, I'm giving you accurate information of what history says. So the priests of the Old Testament, when they ministered before God, they stood. They could not sit down. Why? Because standing means the job is not done yet. But it says when Jesus was crucified, what happened after? He sat down at the right hand of God. The job was finished. Let's go, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. You see, the message of the, of the cross brings completion to the lives of those people that hear it. They don't need to know about how this and how this and how this and how that. It's the message of the cross that brings deliverance from the demonic. You don't need to go and seek for deliverance if you're listening to the message of the cross. The cross will deliver you from devils. That's the fact. 
So it says, you know, I don't believe that Christians can have demons. Well, many do. I know, I know, I know, I know. But it's not supposed to be. You don't see it in the book of Acts. You don't see it in the New Testament. Well, those who followed the Lord had devils. No, the devils were gone before they even came and, 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 and became disciples. Look at Mary Magdalene. All the devils were gone out of her, and then she followed the Lord. How about the man in, you know, uh, in a place called Gadara? He was set free and said, Lord, let me follow you. And the Lord said, no, go tell your friends and your family what great things the Lord has done for you. And you don't see in the book of Acts, Paul the apostle casting out demons out of Christians. And today you see it all the time. People are oppressed, they're depressed, only God knows what else, because there's no message of Calvary. I want to get this clear. I want to say it loud. The cross must be brought back into the messages of church leaders, pastors, and elders, and, and, and Bible teachers. The cross, the cross, the cross. We need that message today more than ever. Look what's going on out there. People are falling apart because of that message gone. So, but this man, Hebrews 10, well, let me just go back to verse, verse 11. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins, because standing means that the job continues. But this man, meaning Jesus, thank God for Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. I love what Hebrews chapter 1 also says about this. And I know you've read it, but oh, let's look at it again. Let's begin with verse 1. God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. You know, I want to say something just, just, just before I continue this. You wonder, you know, in those large churches you see on TV sometimes, and, and they preach messages people want to hear about hope and how to succeed and how to do this and how to do that. But among those people are a lot of people who are bound by demonic powers. They don't know what to do. Many of them are troubled, mentally troubled, taking medication to control their troubles. You, you hear about all the mental health out there, mental sickness out there, I should say. People who are, who are seeking help, but nobody's able to find it in a church. A pastor in California not long ago committed suicide because he could not find anyone to help him. A very large church that, that, that he had. And it, it bothered a lot of people. Like, how can this be? Because no one is talking about the cross. The cross drives demons out. The message of the cross brings healing to people's minds and lives and hearts. And when the cross is preached, 
demons cannot stay. But you can't preach it only one time and think it's going to all work out. Keep that message in front of the people. The message of Calvary. What does it mean? Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down, sat down, were complete on the right hand of the majesty on high. So one by, by one sacrifice, he perfected forever them, you, me, that are sanctified, that are set aside. One sacrifice covers all time and eternity. Isaiah the prophet talks about the works of the cross with such beauty and perfection in Isaiah 53. Let's go to that before I pray with you because there's more I want to share with you tomorrow. So you be with me tomorrow, please, because I really want to pray tomorrow that God Almighty will put a mighty hunger in you to know more about the cross, that a, a mighty fire will burn in you to seek the truth about the cross so God can bring you into freedom. Isaiah 53, 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity, or rebellion is the Hebrew word, of us all. God visited on Jesus the rebellion of us all. All the evil due to us by justice came upon the Lord Jesus so that all good due to the sinless obedience of the Son of God might be made available to you and I. Jesus did all this by one glorious sacrifice. That all our rebellion came upon him and all the goodness he gave us by his obedience. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and Isaiah goes, goes further than this because he says in Isaiah 53.10, he says, It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Now, this talks about this talks about the resurrection, because it says, He shall prolong his days, the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It pleased the Lord to bruise him, to put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, resurrection. He shall prolong his days, resurrection. Because without the resurrection, the message of the cross would not be a reality in your life and my life. So by Jesus being raised from the dead, we can know the power of the cross. We can know the power of the blood. I'm going to continue tomorrow, so please be with me on this. Because I'm not... Uh, you know, I'm just starting today, but I really want to give you the whole message, the whole message tomorrow, and then pray with you. But I'm praying God Almighty will speak to you to really, on your own, seek to know more about the work of Calvary. What does it mean 
Why did Jesus die? Why did Paul say, for I have determined to know nothing except one thing, Jesus Christ and him crucified? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray you'll reveal this truth to all of us, the importance of the cross. Make it the center of our life. Make the cross the center of our life. I give you the praise. So we would walk in liberty, in deliverance, in health, and in healing. I give you the praise. You know, all our sickness and all our diseases and all our pain, he took upon his body. But his soul, the Bible says in verse in verse 10 of Isaiah, of Isaiah 53, was an offering for our sin. Wow. So he took our disease on his, upon his body, but our sin, his soul, was an offering for that sin. Wow. Blessed be your name, precious Jesus. Blessed be your name forevermore, Lord. We give you praise and we thank you for the work of Calvary. We thank you, Lord, that you died for us. Yes, Lord, thank you for your wonderful power and your wonderful blood, the power of your blood. Set your people free, Lord, today, even as they call upon your holy name. I give you all the praise. God's people said, Amen and Amen. Wow. Well, I'm going to ask you to give to the Lord's work. You know, we are living in amazing days for the church and frightening days for the world. So much confusion out there, so much fear out there. A few days ago, we all heard about what happened to those two major banks here in the U.S. People were, were afraid what's going to happen to their money. I'm going to tell you something. There'll be more of it down the road. Please hear me out. There'll be more collapses down the road. Do not put your faith in the banks or the world. Our faith is in God. Our treasure is in heaven. Jesus said, don't lay your treasure on earth, in heaven. And every time we give to God's work, we have credit in heaven. We have a receipt in heaven. When Paul the apostle talked about giving and receiving in Philippians, that word receiving was receipting. Look it up. Giving and receipting, meaning that every time we give, there is a receipt for us in glory. God will honor us in glory. Look, there's nothing you do on earth that is forgotten. Nothing that you give to God is dismissed. Even if you give him one dollar, God would bless us for that. When you read Psalm 112, it talks about the righteous man how that man who praised the Lord and his delight is in the law of the Lord was a giver. Then it says that the wicked shall, shall see it and be grieved. You read that verse 9 and 10 of, of Psalm 112. It says that when the enemy watches that, that believing man giving to God's work, he is grieved and begins to melt away. 
We're commanded not to grieve the Holy Spirit, but we are allowed to grieve the devil. And you grieve the devil every time you give. It says so in Psalm 112. Do you want to grieve Satan? Of course. Then start giving to God's work, and it'll torment him. Because he knows that seed is going to go to fight him and fight his kingdom. Every time you give, you give God a weapon to use. Hear me out. Every time you give to God's work, you give God a weapon that he uses against the enemy because that money you give brings souls into the kingdom, delivers people from oppression and depression and bondage. So the gospel is free, of course, but the means to deliver it is not free. We have to pay a lot of money for all that we do. I'm paying money now for coming to you. So, but look at the way God blesses us when we give. So would you give today so God can bless you and protect you and secure your tomorrow? Of course you will. Okay, you can sow your seed right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, which is the simplest way to give. You can text BHM45777. Only a wise person today will give to God's work. Anyone who's not giving to, God, to God's work is not wise because they're going to lose their money tomorrow. Remember what happened just a few days ago. It's going to happen again all over the world. All over the world. The economies of the world are shaking already. Let's put our trust in God's wonderful promises rather than the world. Do it now. Lord, bless them as they obey you. Prosper them and protect them, Lord. Protect their future financially and their children's future financially in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget and, and have your friends, tell your friends about this and share this teaching. Shalom.